This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Science. Science? Science. Now, Science with Simi. Eureka! It is time now for Science with Simi. And of course, looking at the calendar, we see what's just around the corner. Yes, it is April Fool's Day coming up, April 1st. And that is why Jason Tetra has decided humor is going to be the topic of our science segment today. He is the author of The Germ Code and the Germ Files and host of the super awesome science show podcast on Curious Cast. Hi, Jason. Hello there. So we're talking humor. Why is that? Well, I mean, we need humor in our lives. It's just something that we always find necessary in order for us not to live basically drab, dull, boring (laughs) lives. Okay. And Well, it's true. I mean, if you look at the neuroscience of it, you actually see that humor is a necessary part of who we are. Now, how we get that humor, however, has always been up for debate, and how far can we take it... um, for not just our own personal enjoyment, but maybe even for society, has been sort of studied for a number of years. And I have to tell you something, the the results that are coming out of science are just absolutely hilarious. And and we'll get into that in a second. Okay, like intentionally hilarious? Yeah. And, And here's why. Have you ever been to a bar? Well, yeah. Have you, you know, you know how um, in a bar or maybe a pub, you know, like Cheers, right? There's always that guy, the Cliff Clavin, <laughs> who's just waxing on about some drinking story. Cliff Clavin, yeah. I know. And you're rolling your eyes and you're just thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe that this is happening. Well, believe it or not, there was a study that just came out of a Norwegian team that says this is actually how society advances. <laughs> The, what, the Cliff Clavens are how we advance in society? Exactly. You see, what ends up happening is that we have this social convention, and as a result, we have these barriers. And what ends up happening is that when you have these people talking about everything from weird family life to alien abduction, and of course, you know, there's always going to be some of that toilet humor, what ends up happening is we're just pushing the envelope just a little, just a little in a very small environment. And that's helping us to decide how far we can go in one direction in order for our society to change. Oh, so we use humor then to set our limits. We use humor to be able to test those limits so that we can identify how we'll be able to move forward with society. And it's really funny because we always talk about sensitivity, inclusivity, uh, diversity, equity, and, and how we have to be very careful about you know cultural considerations when it comes to humor. That's all true. However, when it comes to being able to have a laugh at our society, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be able to push the limit just a little, not too far. You know, if you go too far, you're, you're going over the line, but a little bit at a time. And it turns out that the drinking stories that happen in those pubs and those bars are the perfect place for it. Interesting. So that all, because we tend to think of that as like social time doesn't really serve a purpose, but you're saying it does serve a purpose. I am saying that according to this study and a number of others, but this one was just the one that I had to share is that instead of a napkin in a coffee shop, some of the best ideas for our society actually start with a coaster ring in the pub. 
<laughs> wow, that almost seems really hard to believe, though, Jason, doesn't it? I know, but again, this is the type of thing that we look at, and it should not necessarily be all that strange because we have April Fool's coming up, right? Right. I always think of this and as like the silly time of year. It, does it actually serve a purpose? It absolutely does, because what it's doing is it's giving us an opportunity to have one day, one day out of the entire year where we can just go against all social conventions and have fun, whether it be through jokes, whether it be through pranks on other people, it's all apparently in good nature. Now, granted, you don't want to be the pranky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the yes. But the thing is, is that April Fool's has become huge business. Because companies have realized the societal impact that April Fools have, and they are actually now working to be able to pull off the best April Fools prank. I mean, we have companies in Canada, companies in the US, and companies all across the world that look to this day, they have campaigns where they're trying their best to get you to pay attention to them. And that's going to help not only increase awareness, but even, believe it or not, sales. Right. So if they can associate humor with their product or whatever it is, if they can make people appreciate that, then they get a better connection with people. Exactly. And anyone who's ever watched the Super Bowl commercials knows that's true. 95% of those are going to be humorous. And that is why, because the impact of April Fool's has really shown that humor is incredibly important. And that's one of the reasons why we are covering the science behind April Fools and humor on uh, our episode of the Super Awesome Science Show. It's 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 just because we now realize how important humor is. Right. And it's it's just amazing. So who are you going to be talking to? Well, with respect to big businesses, we're going to be talking to someone who essentially has been guiding big businesses on how to do these types of April Fool's Day campaigns. Uh, his name is Tom Limoncelli. Uh, and as he puts it, uh, you don't get beta testing. <laughs> you have one day. <laughs> you can't send out an update on April 2nd or a patch, right? So it's, it's a really cool conversation about how you have to really think about it. But our next guest after Thomas is one that I really want you to listen to. Her name is Julia Reyes, and she's at Purdue. And what she does is she actually looks at whether or not computers will be able to develop humor for us. And what she has found is that when it comes to humor, it really is a human thing. And computers, hmm. they're really not capable of doing it. Listen to this clip from her, and, and you'll see why. Within a joke, that joke may be funny or not funny, depending on a timeline, depending on the situation that you are in. It may be appropriate now. It may not be appropriate tomorrow. So how are you going to incorporate into your neural network, if you, that's what you're using to recognize um, humor, um, that it can be relevant today but not tomorrow, um, that you can tell it to a person that shares your point of view, for example, but it may be offensive to somebody else. Oh, that's such a good point. Like, How do you program all of that different nuance into it? I know. And for those of you who are wondering, we actually get into that idea of what if you took all the jokes in the world and put it into a database? Would a computer still be funny? I'm not going to give away the answer. You have to listen to the show. <laughs> uh, but the reality is that it is such a human thing. But more importantly, 
because it is human, we have devised ways of being able to detect when humor is happening. And especially during April Fools, we may be on to somebody being a little bit more suspicious. We're going to hear a lot more people going, yeah. what you talking about, Willis? Right. <laughs> I know. It's the, I hate, that's the one thing that bugs me about April Fool's Day is that you always have to be on your guard, right, for somebody who's trying to pull something over on you. Oh, absolutely. And so for those people who are really interested in pranks or how we can sort of detect them and not be deceived by them, we actually talk with Michelle Eskrit Keck at Mount St. Vincent University. She's a professor who focuses on our ability to interpret the world around us and well, she has a little bit of advice for those people who really are trying to prepare to pull off a prank. Just listen to her. One thing to keep in mind is going back to the importance of context. So that the disadvantage of April Fool's for trying to pull a prank is that truth bias is not going to be nearly as strong because people might be more suspicious on April Fool's Day than another. I suppose if you thought you could get away with it, doing it on the day before or after April Fool's probably worked best. But <laughs> if you're going to go with tradition, um, I would try to do it when the, when the person is least likely to be thinking about it's April Fool's Day. Um, so maybe first thing in the morning before they remember, oh yeah, it's April Fool's. Again, you don't want... Science is saying that a joke will work best when a person's not suspicious. Surprise, surprise. Okay, I can't believe she's telling people to do it the day before April Fool's, Jason, because that's not fair. I know, and that's the problem, is that when it comes to April Fool's, you only have that one 24-hour period. Yes. But remember, April Fool's officially starts at 12.01. Oh, man. So, you know, while you're listening to Drex, you better watch <laughs> out because someone might be trying to prank you. It's, 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 I was going to say, it's probably Drex. Yeah, it probably is going to yeah, be Drex. Well, I look forward to hearing more about this on your latest episode. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure. Have a great week. That is Jason Tetro, author of The Germ Code and The Germ Files. You can catch the super awesome science show podcast on Curious Caster wherever your podcasts are found.